Um, I think we are on episode 10 of martial arts stuff. Are we? I'm not sure. It's either 8. It's either 9 or 10. It's either 8 or 10. I can't remember which. (laughs) No, I think it's 10. I'm pretty sure it's 10. Okay. So, hey, everybody. talk that way to the other audience. the other the audience this is the more manly audience yeah yeah i'm gonna eat some raw meat and watch some football yeah um okay ah so the first thing i wanted to mention was uh grandmaster bong sohan died i believe on the 22nd and he was my hapkido grandmaster no shit yep so ah. did you meet him no, I never met him. I never met him. So Interesting. So I will. I will be pouring a little beer on the ground for him tonight. Good deal. Props to my homie. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do the, 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 the pounding the, the, of the chest. The pounding of the stuff. chest and whatnot. So now, was he? Was he the? Was he the founder of the system? Um, he was the founder of one of the Hapkido systems. Okay. Uh, How close was he to the roots of what you I learned? I think he was second generation. Okay. So uh, it's not a very old art. Uh, I think Hapkido originated in the 40s, maybe 50s. Okay. Uh, he was born in 33, so he was pretty young when he got into it. And I think there's two or three main branches, and he's one of those main branches. Gotcha. Uh, but... Uh, uh, was the uh, the stunt coordinator and fight choreographer for Billy Jack? Don't know if you've ever seen that movie. Really? I didn't see yep. the movie, but yep. yep. Um, but just you know, props to my grandmaster. All right, that's cool. There we go. Um, well, and I think that's always kind of a big deal when somebody that high up in the lineage. You know, I mean, there's some knowledge there that's that's gone goes forever because it's never all passed on. No. And I, I think that's really unfortunate, and and hopefully with things like video content and DVDs and all the ways we have to access media, that we have more and more of that now than we kind of used to. But right, um, it it is, you know, whenever something like this happens, the, the only thing, and I think he he was really really picky about handing out black belts. Uh, I think in his entire career, he handed out like 150. Okay. Which, when you think about how many years and how huge his school was, that's really not very many. Right. Um, so, you know, and as we've talked about before, when when you give a black belt away to someone, really what you have to think to yourself is, I want this person to carry on what I taught and I learned from my instructor and he gave me this instructor certificate. Let's not say black belt. Yes. He gave me this instructor certificate with the same hope in mind. <clears throat> right. So um, hopefully uh, he has some really good students and really good lineage that can carry on his name and yeah. his art. So Boy, he wasn't terribly old. 60, yeah. 70 something. S- yep. Hmm. 74. Okay. 
Uh, so. All right. Now we've got we've got two here, and I don't know if you want to take a quick look at these, and if we just want to do one or we want to do both. You want to do both? Yeah, let's do both. Okay. Uh, I was kind of th- mulling over and thinking about what our next episode would be on, uh, and one of the things I thought of, and I think we've kind of touched on this subject before to some degree, um, but I thought we'd talk about overweight and physically challenged students. Okay. Uh, and. I kind of have a debate in my head about um, one of my instructors, my Hapkido instructor actually, said that the reason he left one of his, his, he was teaching at a Taekwondo school, and the reason he left was because they had this really overweight woman, and sounds to me like it was kind of a McDojo. Okay. The woman had given them $2,000 and was there for two years, right. so they gave her a black belt and an instructor certificate. Or I think they were one and the same. They gave her a black belt. Ouch. So she was fairly overweight, couldn't really kick above her waist, yet was teaching Taekwondo. Taekwondo. And well, what did I say? Those who can't do, teach? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> In yeah. this case, those who can't do, teach. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. I like that. Um, so it really becomes an issue of... Um, I. I would, and we were talking about this just now, where you want someone to carry on your teachings, yet if they are physically unable to carry on your teachings, what do you do with that person? Right. And to me, I've got a debate in my head between, well, let's say you've got someone that's extremely overweight, right? Let's say 300 pounds, okay? They're... Five foot eight, three hundred pounds. Now I'm two hundred pounds, so that means adding like another third to me, I'd be pretty heavy. Um, but well, let's say they're let's say they're three fifty. Okay, all right, they're three fifty. They're with you for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, they've lost a hundred pounds. They are dedicated. They're committed. They're loyal. Yet they can't kick above their waist. Right. What do you do with that person? Do you never promote them to black belt? Well, I don't know. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. And I guess my first inclination would be to say that you don't, and, and this is the way Chuck does it, is a black belt does not grant you license to instruct. Now, I think that is, that's me. But at the same time, even if you don't have a license to instruct per se, you still could potentially do some leading of class sure uh sometimes the head instructor will say there's a new guy go over there and help him with his kicks go over in there and help him i guess i would hope at the point where if you spent that much time and you're that dedicated that even if you can't physically kick above the waist you know what it takes to do the moves you know what i'm saying you have the knowledge to maybe you can't do it yourself but you can tell when it's done right and when it's done wrong so you would say that it would be okay to promote somebody not solely based on physical ability. Right. But you could, and you could test them that way. I mean, you could do certain things. I mean, you could go through and say, all right, I'm going to throw a series of kicks and I want you to instruct me on what I'm, what I'm doing wrong. Oh, that's a good idea. Right. So, so that way you can at least verify they can tell the difference between a good kick and a bad kick. Right. And it, it's going to be harder for them a little bit if they can't do it themselves because they can't show someone by, 
by right. demonstrating themselves. Yes. But they could take another student from class who could do it and say, could you demonstrate this kick for us? And then point out the different things that they're doing, right. which you do as an instructor anyway. Right. You bring in people to showcase what you can do. And you say, okay, will you throw this kick for me? And then right. you point things out as they do it. Yeah, that's a good point. So, I mean, there that's are ways around point. that. And maybe really what more than anything else, what it's about is having an honest relationship with your students. Yeah. And saying, look, dude, you're, you've done awesome. You've, you've been committed. You've been loyal. You've lost a hundred pounds in two years. Right. And, and look how far you've come. And look how far you've come. I'm going to grant you your black belt. But you have to realize that when a younger student or a newer student, I should say, comes to you and says, I want to learn round kicks, you have to understand that you have a limitation where that's concerned. Right. Not the worst thing in the world, but the understanding that it's there is probably more important than whether you can do it or not. Because... If first of all, if you can't have that honest relationship with your students, then you're in trouble already. But if if they don't understand that their kicks are for shit, then they'll carry on those shitty kicks right. to the people that they instruct. Right. And so if you have that relationship and you communicate to that to them to say, your kicks are for shit. Not the worst problem in the world. Right. But you need to realize that your kicks are for shit. Yes. And so when I give you a new student or when you go to help a new student, you have to have the understanding that I don't want you demonstrating kicks to them. Right. They, a student, anybody should be there. Any, any martial artist, you, you need to be aware of your own weaknesses. Yes. And you have to accept them. We all have them. Yep. I don't care how good you are. You've got a weakness. Yep. Something and you need to know what it is if you're right. going to be teaching people because well and you know we're we're going to get to this a little bit later but um, one of the things about us having our own class is that I know that one of the things that makes me a lot more comfortable is I've never been I've never felt that I've been really that I've been strong at sparring right. um, I think I know the philosophical stuff and I think I can coach fairly well. Uh, I can kind of identify weaknesses in other people and whoever I'm coaching. Um, I can see when somebody's not moving around in a circle, they're not stepping to the yes. side or they're slow, but I just, I, I can't put it that into practice. And part of the reason is that because I don't like it. Right. I don't like to well, put that, it into practice. And it's easier to see that stuff when you're an outside observer. Yes. Than it is when you're in the middle of it. Yes. Um, I have always felt that you were good at it. So it's nice to have both of us there to say so that I can say, look, if you really want to learn to fight and you want to mix it up, Sterling's the one that you want to go to. Right. Me recognizing that fact is, I think, an important part of having a school and teaching. Yes. So, well, and Chan, for example, he's 50. He's not going to jump in the ring with people. Right. He's got other students to do that for him. Exactly. So. And I think that's part of it too. Is yeah. You, you, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I think it's a, it's a judgment call, but one of the things you can't do is you can't be a mill. You can't be the black belt mill that just cranks out the black right. belts. And I think there's the, there's the crux of it is it's, you know, I honestly, to be perfectly honest, I just don't think you can do. Hi, honey. Hey. <laughs> Sneaking in. I just don't think you can 
do it for money and do it for passing on really good solid martial arts at the same time. I don't know. I, mean, I think you can. I think you can do it for both, but I I think that um, what you need to do is you need to have philosophically the segment of your school that you know are there well, to get some exercise and enjoy something fun. And you have several of your students probably it probably goes back to the eighty twenty rule. But how right? do you explain that to those students? How do you take those five or six people who are just awesome and working their asses off and they earn their black belts and explain to them that the two people over there paid you two thousand dollars to get theirs in two years, so you're just gonna give it to them? Well, no no no. I well I, I right. I mean I don't think that you can sell out. Right. And that's what I mean. I do think Sh- that. Can you, you make can, money? Yes. Right. But the point is you you can't. You know, what sell are you going to do when you've had the person in your class who's working their ass off, right. and they still suck? Right. Like honestly, suck. No yeah. matter how hard they work. Yeah. They're just not, and they just don't have the athleticism. They yep. don't have the flexibility, and they've been doing it for three, four years now. Right. And and they're still, they're still not there. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it. Yep. And so, it's like uh, uh, they're a great person and all this stuff, but right. how do you say? And that, that was, I guess, that was your original question too. Right? How do you do? You say you don't. You just. You just can't I, do I can't it. Can't promote you to a black belt because you don't deserve it. And I guess that's the question. What's, or, what does it mean to deserve a black belt? Right. Or do you do it based on other means, and right. say loyalty, commitment, right, all that stuff, and personal I, personal growth. And I think um, one of the things that will help that is to say, look, the black belt does not come with my blessing to teach. Right. A black belt means you have shown this school and me and everybody here dedication and you're a good person and you've learned a lot you of have stuff. You have personal it's growth, dedication, Personal growth, commitment. all that stuff. Yep. And that's what a black belt signifies. Right. To be a teacher... It's a whole separate is, deal. It's a different thing. Yeah. And and you have to, like you're right, you have to have this relationship. And Chuck's place say, is the first time I've I've seen the separation. Right. And I think that's, that's critical. And I think it's good because... He had enough faith in us to say, I think you guys would make good teachers. Right, right. And some people are make good teachers and some people don't. Right. And if you don't make a good teacher, then then anybody who owns a school is not going to want you to propagate their art because yeah. you're not going to do them any justice. Yeah. Very, very true. Um, All right. Well, let's, let's do – we'll let's, do that one let's, next let's, time. Let's, we'll do that one next time. See, now you all are intrigued. What are they going to do next time? What are we going to do next time? What are they going to do? Hmm. We're going to do uh, – Flurbin, sing it, flurbin, Exactly. Yes. I love to talk about that too. Yeah. All right. Um, Real quick, let's talk about the school. So we've got at. a school diary update. Um, we have a building. We have a building. Uh, I called around several places, uh, including YMCA's, community centers, things like that. We found a place called Elite Health and Fitness, mm-hmm. um, and essentially, it's a gym. Yep. And they have some uh, exercise rooms for spinning and for aerobics and that kind of stuff and for 25 bucks an hour they're going to rent us a room yeah and the guy seemed pretty excited about it he was talking about bigger rooms and in the future we'll be able to have this that and the other thing right he was really pretty jazzed so i'm pretty excited so i think the first step obviously is getting a place to do it yep getting a room we finally picked out a name Yes. The Sanyendo Athletic Association, mm-hmm. which we had a lot of back and forth, a lot of debating about. It didn't have the word martial arts in it. Right. Um, it didn't have, uh, um, what else didn't it have? I don't know. Uh, uh, it's a little long. It's a little long. It's a little long. It's got a nice um, acronym, though. It's got, uh, if I ever st- want to start che- teach cheating, teaching the Wing Chun. 
Right. I, I can't. Well, I can. It allows us the ability to expand and not necessarily be solely signing if we don't want and not have. Right. You know what I mean? The but, athletic association part means we could, we're going to do general, right. general athletic right. stuff as well. But the Sanyendo makes it a little bit more difficult. Right. So anyway, we finally decided on a name, Sanyendo Athletic Association, which is critical because there are two other things that are dependent upon that. One of which is the web page, right? Which is SYDAA.com. Um, which we really don't have anything out there has yet. Has like our brochure, right? And the second thing is the brochure. Right. Um, and Dan made a killer brochure. Yeah. So he did a if, hell any, of a job. if anybody's curious, go up to SYDAA and you can see the brochure I made. Because all <laughs> I did was I take I took the images and copied them out on the web page right. just to get something out there. Um I am not the of the two of us, I am not the web designer. Um Well, you could be with what I just saw, so I I fuck it up enough, that's for sure. <laughs> I trashed our webpage enough times. Um, and you know what? That was a template. In, it was? In uh, Publisher. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got the flyer out. I have learned that I went down to Kinko's, got 10 copies for two bucks a piece, got halfway through my run, and I was like, fuck this. Two bucks a piece? This is crazy. Yeah. Got the the bright white paper for my printer upstairs and just started cranking them out like that. And that's just fine. There's people are gonna throw them away once they get it anyway. Well, you know and there's I mean? a there's a certain amount of professionalism that you want. Yeah. But at the same time, people are just gonna throw them away anyway. Right. Yeah. Um, those go in the the circular file when they're done. Yeah. That, and that's the thing with promotional material. That's the way it works. Right. So right. and it's fine. So our um, class of February, February which is we're, a Thursday. Yep. We're gonna get together on that Tuesday and sort of hammer out the schedule for and we'll probably get together before that but right at least we'll be in the room on that tuesday yeah just to check things out and see how it works but we have to hammer out sort of exactly the flow of the class and how everything's going to go and we can only hope for um people <laughs> we have a couple already actually we, well uh, number three is talking about coming that's right and the 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 young woman that called me before yes called me back Really? To see what the schedule was and where we were going. Oh, well, that's good. Did you tell and, her what's and I up? And I had all the information, and I knew exactly when we were starting and everything. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, Jen said that she was going to talk to her boss about putting the flyers out at Tanaz. Ah, good deal. Um, so it's kind of a really ritzy, high-class salon, and I'm sure it will uh, it'll go over pretty well. Right. Um, but, you know. Uh, and the guy at Elite Health and Fitness said, hey, when you get your flyers done, make sure you bring them in because I'll put them out. That is going to be good. Yeah, yes. and the nice thing is high traffic area. Since high it's a gym and we had trouble finding a parking spot when we went to see it, right. which is great right. for what we want because we yeah. want people to peek their head in and go, And oh, he said that about? he could almost guarantee us two or three people just from the gym. Oh, good. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hope that the biggest problem we have when we start is that we have 20 people walk through the door. Yes. I think that room will only fit about 10. Mm, me too. So if we have 20 people walking through the door, that's a good problem to have. I think it is we'll too. We'll get the bigger room. We'll have the, the guy clear out that giant room. Right. Whatever the case might be. Yep. But, so, uh, oh, and I'd also like to thank um, Howard. Oh, one of, our, yeah. one of our listeners from Canada. Yeah, yeah. Thank um, you. Thank you very much. He's been, we've been sending a couple emails back and forth yep. and talking a little bit and I'm um, asking him some questions. He's done a little bit of research. Yep. Didn't quite apply because he lives in Canada, but still appreciate the effort and yeah. talking to us about yep. um, school stuff. That was great. Yep. And, and uh, he helped me define something when 
when we were talking about saying that we're really for uh, beginner and intermediate students, uh-huh. uh, one of the things that he pointed out, he said, what if an advanced Aikido artist wanted to come to you? Yes. And I think that I, I, I think that my intention behind that really was beginning an advanced. We don't want advanced students in a striking art. Right. Because we're a striking art. Right. And they're probably going to be pretty far along the way anyway. Right. So yeah. We're going to be doing stuff that would be boring to somebody who already knows how to throw pretty good punches and kicks and all that kind of right. stuff. Because we're going to be from the ground from up. From the ground up. Um, and yeah. I think... To be honest, I'm doing. I'd like. I mean, I'm interested in that for me. Me too. As much as for yeah. teaching it to other people, yeah. um, just to kind of go back through. And, I'm getting both nervous and excited as the days pass. Yeah, me too. So, well, let's wrap things up. I'm ready to go drinking. All right, me too. So, um, beer, sweet beer. shirt, hun. Classic Trans Am shirt, nice. Uh, so, let's go drinking. All right, sweet. See ya, peoples. Love you. That's pretty much it. See you. Well, we got to do our sign offs, dude. I got to turn this back on, and now we got to do our sign offs. You suck. I'm Dan. I'm Dan, and I suck. Yeah. I'm Sterling, and Dan sucks. There you go. (laughs) She was singing along to what I can't remember. I was taken by the outline of her thong and the way she sipped her cocktail. Made the word cocktail have new meaning And the dress that she dangled Made me think it needed completing That's one hot slutty girl Thinks she'll go for a whirl Cause she sucks on that straw Like she's breaking the law That's one hot slutty girl She came up Beside me, and it seemed bizarre because she had asked me if I had a car. Because if I did, she would need a lift. She leaned on my weenie, and I got her drift. We went out to the parking lot. To my rusty Festiva in its spot We drove back to her apartment And I had lots of gloves in my compartment That's one hot slutty girl Thinks she'll go for a word